Chasing shit, nigga. Chasing that money down like that shit stole something. Thousand nights, let's get it. Every time I fall, I go even harder. Every time I lose, I get even smarter. This is not a movement you can be a part of. Nigga says up, we take it even further. Met black jets in the bucket now. Riding in the phantom with a hundred rounds. Heard these niggas talking, I can't come around. Lambo in the trenches, that's him coming down. Pop up in your city like I teleport. Told her bring up friends to the heliport. Thought he was a goon, fuck he teleport. They gon' run him down so he can't teleport. They gon' always hate. Welcome back to another episode of the All Things Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Julian. I'm here with my co-producer, Small Town EP. Yo, what's good, what's good, what's good? It's, it's just, I'm feeling the Skype call vibes tonight. This is like old school, <laughs> uvu, just summer night vibes right now. Um, but it's the middle of the winter It's NFC Championship week Techni- Well, no, it's the start of a new week It's Pro Bowl week, I should say Yeah, it's it Pro is. Bowl week We got a reimagined Pro Bowl coming up I don't want to even talk about it too much Because I didn't read too much into All the little games and things they're doing uh, I'm sure it'll be entertaining At some point uh, To watch, but obviously not Nothing really to cover there um, the only thing that I will say about this Pro Bowl is that uh, Twitter has been active with NFL players that are not in the playoffs anymore, <laughs> a.k.a. players that got eliminated. And uh, <laughs> Micah Parsons being one of those guys and Kayvon Thibodeau being another. So two, you know, NFC East pass rushers, uh, one being a second year guy, one being a rookie. And they were kind of jawing at each other. Well. I wouldn't call this jarring at each other. This was like little bro, uh, big bro. And yeah, it was. I guess, I guess, uh, Micah Parsons was like, or Kayvon Thibodeau, excuse me, tweeted out, damn, this looks like we could have beat the, uh, the 49ers. Feel me? And Micah Parsons then retweeted it, was like, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. Kayvon Thibodeau retweets that and he's like, Yo, what country are you in, bro? Yeah, he Kayvon like, Thibodeau's like, country. Kayvon Thibodeau's like, what country are you in? Michael Parsons is like, I'm here in America, bro. I'm getting ready for the Pro Bowl. What about you? <laughs> and it was just like, yo, that to me was that. That's how you respond to tweets. You don't, you don't got to be too disrespectful. You don't got to say no low key hater shit. You just subtle flex. You ask me what country I was in. I let you know I got you know. Look, Pro Bowl's coming up. I'm not sure if you've made it or what your arrangements are for it. I've got to be present. They've requested my uh, <laughs> my being right. So yeah, shout out to Michael Parsons talk. getting a, another Pro Bowl nod um, and possibly a Defensive Player of the Year this year um, with 
respects to Hassan Reddick. We, we're seeing Hassan Reddick just put on a clinic out there on the defensive end for Philadelphia and Arizona. They had a first round pick in Hassan Reddick. You know, it, it didn't necessarily work out. He had some some good years and then he kind of regressed. But I saw a tweet. They were like, yo, Arizona was trying to make him a pass coverage LB. Like, <laughs> for real, he's a pass rusher. All right. <laughs> Get him to the quarterback and he's a dog. He's actually from Philadelphia. He went to Temple. Um, so it, it, it's always cool to see the in-house guys, um, you know, playing for the city. Um, I, and I know he's from Temple. I want to be fact-checked on that. Hassan Reddick is from Philly because I do. Hmm. Gotcha. Um, Let me double check that. Hassan Reddick. Okay, he's from Jersey. So excuse me. He's from Jersey. He went to Temple. That was the Philly connection, and now he's back in Philly, and he uh, has a chance to win a Super Bowl with his second NFL team that he's been a part of. Now, going back to the Twitter world real quick, I know I'm kind of going crazy with the intro, but there was another interaction with Kayvon Thibodeau, and I'm not sure if you remember a few weeks ago when he did the snow angels next to Nick Foles as Nick Foles was just agonizing in pain on the floor, and everybody's calling him a dirty player for it. I don't think he was a dirty player, and I'm a Colts fan. You know, he made a great play, and he's not concerned with, oh, is the quarterback getting up or did I hurt him? Like, that's not what you think when you tackle somebody, right? You celebrate your sack. He's doing his celebration. And, you know, obviously from a bird's eye view, it's going to look different. What was upsetting is that none of the Colts' offensive linemen, you know, roughed him up. Nobody bullied him away. But that's the Colts' problem. Kayvon Thibodeau, then after that, after he was, you know, accused of being a bad guy, dirty player, uh, Jeff Saturday, Colts interim head coach, had commented on it and made some, uh, I guess, displeasing comments about Kayvon Thibodeau. And he was like, who's that? Like, I don't even, who's Jeff Saturday? Like, <laughs> he, he didn't really know who Jeff Saturday was, I guess. And I mean, I'm going to say I guess because, come on, really, <laughs> like you, you love football and you don't know Jeff Saturday. It doesn't really make Facts. sense, but it's possible. And so he tweeted something else. And Joe Staley, Hall of Fame offensive tackle, former 49er, he comes at him and he's like, yo, like, have some respect, this, that, and the third. And he's like, bro, who are you? (laughs) You feel me? And then, look, Joe Staley had to go let that boy know. Like, Joe Staley wasn't going to just let that that boy just, ah, ah, you want to talk hot. So he goes, let me get you the tweets. Kayvon Thibodeau says, way this game look, we might be better than the 49ers. That was the same tweet that set off Michael Parsons. So Joe Staley goes, you're a flash player who gets bodied by average tackles. Don't let the New York media affect you too much. He goes, who are you, bro? He said, said, enough for you to respond. Congrats on your four sacks this year, though. That's huge. Unbelievable numbers. Joe Staley wins that one. I think Michael Parsons also wins his Twitter uh, war versus Kayvon Thibodeau. He's 0-2 and two and two. on Twitter. He's 0-1 in the playoffs. Kayvon Thibodeau, you're a great, you know, top five pick, young rookie guy in the league. I respect it. However, you got to start showing some respect to these greats. You know what I'm saying? Like, you really Facts. disrespected two Hall of Fame offensive linemen. Um and you haven't done much to show for it. you. Even started the year injured, right? So, eh, clean that up. 
Who cares what I say though, right? He could tweet at me or who are you? He'd be like, bro, I'm just the host of All Things Sports Podcast. You feel me? With my co small town EP. And that's what we doing, dang, bro. So dang. you know, seven minute intro, five minute intro, it's it's whatever we feeling. And we're gonna actually break down championship week because it was exciting. I mean, the first game, it got out of hand quick. It was still exciting <laughs> because, you know, Philadelphia and their fans are rowdy enough. And, you know, it's like, damn, Philly's really going back to the Super Bowl for the second time in like six years. That's that's pretty cool. Um, and then on the other side, Patrick Mahomes versus Joe Burrow, <laughs> right? Part two in the playoffs, at least. And and this is the start, I think, of something brewing in the AFC for years and years and years to come, much like maybe a Peyton Manning versus a Tom Brady thing. Um, I even brought it up to you, E. I was like, yo, if if Patrick Mahomes loses this game, is this going to be like the Joe Burrow is the Tom Brady of the situation? Listen, all of that talk can be put to bed. The talk now is that Mm -hmm. Philadelphia is the champions of the uh, NFC and Kansas City are once again champions of the AFC. The Bengals fell to them on the road. They couldn't get it done. Brock Purdy was hurt from early. Josh Johnson isn't even a serviceable quarterback, serviceable quarterback anymore. It's unfortunate. And obviously Trey Lance broke his ankle and Jimmy G is hurt again. Right. That's kind of what was going on with the quarterback situation. Um, let's hey, start. In the words in the of NFC. a wise man, not to cut you off, in the words of a wise man named Kanye West, you like to refer to him a lot during episodes. I do. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it's so sad because, man, Brock Purdy, he could have had a good day. You know, he could have had a good day. And obviously, he struggled the first few drives. He was out there as as, uh, the Eagles struggled to kind of get it going um, and pick up a lot of rhythm. Uh, They lucked out, though. Those Eagles definitely lucked out with that missed drop. Right? That was a big That was a momentum changer. Even though it was the beginning of the game, it was huge. It It just shifted the entire energy. Like once you saw that, once they, I feel like once they saw that they could have challenged and they probably should have challenged, but they didn't get the call from upstairs quick enough to challenge. You got Devonte Smith just like running to you I know, hurry up, uh, hurry up, hurry up. You know what I mean? Um, that's that's a that's a kick in the balls, as they say, man. And it, and then it kind of just went all down from there. Miles Sanders goes. They're in Philadelphia. They score that first touchdown. The fans are going crazy. Lil Uzi just want to rock. Miles Sanders doing the, the dance. Jason Kelsey gets in there, does his dance. You know what I'm saying? Like, that momentum is, listen, it's real. It's real. And if you've ever played football, if you've ever um, been in a stadium for a football game, you can feel that energy just shift one way or another. And that's sports in general. Like, it happens all the time, even in baseball. Like, even in baseball, momentum switches and shit just starts even in 2K, all right, video games, <laughs> momentum switches. At one point in that 2K game, you had a chance, and now you're getting blown out by 12, and you got your $40 <laughs> on the line, and it's not looking good. <laughs> but she was like, damn, bro. Honestly, I think it was when I hit, when I shot that three and I missed, and then I, I missed that layup. Like, damn. But <laughs> Yo, Hindsight is a motherfucker in sports, it's bro. It's a motherfucker, bro. <laughs> but look, I mean, it, 2020 is not the vision – that the 49ers are going to have going into this offseason with their quarterback dilemma or, or I don't know, carousel. I don't want to call it a problem. It's a good problem if it's a problem. Um, the problem is that they're all hurt. None of them can play right now, right? None of them are ready for football activity right now. And that's the most unfortunate part of it. But the reality is that they will all, again, once be healthy, uh, once again be healthy. And now they're going to have 
three extremely serviceable guys at the quarterback position in which they're going to have to choose. Uh, you know, obviously, if you ask me, Brock Purdy and Trey Lance are the two guys. And then from there, I guess training camp, you know, solves that. I don't want to go all the way to August and, and OTAs and things. Yeah, of course. Let's keep it with the game. I think that the 49ers on defense kind of uh, – it was like they realized how bad their offense was doing and the energy just started to shift to the defense because, like I said, the Eagles weren't able to just get it cracking off rip and, and Jalen Hurts didn't have the most pretty day numbers-wise, right? He only completed like 15 passes. Um, I think he only threw for – he didn't even throw for a touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. So it wasn't like they ran them out the, the gym in the sense of, oh, man, they're just big play here, big play there. It was, to me, the effect of not having a quarterback for the 49ers put their defense in a in a very, in a very, like, I don't I don't know the the exact adjective I want to use here, but you guys understand what I'm saying. And if you are listening to me right now and the All Things Sports podcast, we appreciate you. Shout out to all the listeners week in, week out. Um, and if you're a first time listener, big up to you. Hopefully it ain't your last time. Follow us on Twitter at ATS Pod and on Instagram at ATS Pod Official. Um, however, yeah, man, 150 rushing yards, it'll do it. It'll do it to a defense, right? When your offense can't score and you let up 150 rushing yards, you don't expect to win that game. So no, Josh absolutely. Johnson, though, 7 to 13, 74 yards, sacked twice. It's like he couldn't even push the ball downfield once, you know? Yeah, a couple things for me. Um, 11 penalties, 81 yards on those penalties for the 49ers. That's going to get you every single time. Um I know that Philadelphia has been doing it all year because they're consistent, but three for three on fourth and short in a blowout game, like it's it it, it it's almost disrespectful. But since they've been doing it all year, it's like it's like the new Love thing it. almost. You know also, what I mean? But three for three on fourth to, and on fourth and short is 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 going to kill you every time too. Just to jump in on that point. I loved it at the end of the game when the 49ers showed poor sportsmanship and Trent Williams, which this may be his last game ever. You never know. I doubt it, but because that's a really, really sour taste that is left in your mouth. You're not even blocking for the franchise guy. But, I mean, it, it's so it's so poor sportsmanship like to, to start a fight because you guys are so down and, you know, you're getting whooped on the road and I'm sure everybody's talking shit. You know, it's part of the game, bro. <clears throat> they mm-hmm. did – take matters into their own hands and try to get physical. And then I love that coach Sirianni on that last drive was like, we're going for it on fourth down. There's no chance that I'm getting these boys, the ball back. Like there's no chance you guys even win if you have the ball again, but don't even worry about that. Yeah. We're going to kneel. We're going to game winning formation. We're not going to win on defense. We win on offense and winning the game on offense is way better than winning the game on defense in football because more times than not, you're in the victory formation. So shout out to coach Sirianni just, grabbing his balls and and showing up. You know what I'm saying? Because this is a second-year head coach who came from Indianapolis, and obviously Indianapolis is in a shit show of a position right now. But the last five years and what they were able to do with Frank Reich and all the quarterback carousel dilemma they had, um, the offense was able to produce, uh, and, and the play calling was always creative. Shout out to Frank Reich for that as well. But Nick Sirianni had uh, a big deal in in that offensive game plan week in, week out. And so I, I much respect him, and, and I'm extremely excited for him to go and host, you know, or be in a Super Bowl 
uh, in his second year as a head coach. It's, it's just big up to him. And I mean, I don't, I don't know that there's much more to this game. It was Brock Purdy, you know, tore his UCL, which we, which we found out, and you know, we hope the best for him because now he's got to see if he doesn't have to get Tommy John surgery. We know how that works out for baseball players. Thankfully, he's not throwing a baseball 90 miles per hour, you know, 80 times a game. But at the same time, you got to push that ball downfield, right? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But good thing for this 49ers offense with Kyle Shanahan, you don't need a, a huge arm. You just need a accurate, you know, just be accurate. So, I mean, like you said, it's, it's, uh, they got that little carousel rotation of QBs once everybody's healthy. Uh, in the words of a wise man named Marlo, sound like one of them good problems you heard. Uh, <laughs> it do, it do. Hey, uh, let's let's jump to that AFC game, and now, now I guess now this is where the show gets fun. I mean, before we get into the deep details of it, what stood out to you? You know, not going into the game, but once it was done, like what 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 was it for you and the Chiefs that? Really, really, really did it for y'all. Um, I mean, I mentioned Chris Jones, Frank Clark. That defensive line really stepped up um, from from the jump. But there was a couple times where you know it, Joe Burrow got some passes off to specifically Jamar Hayes, T. Higgins. He was he was getting them off, and it showed because it was tied in the fourth quarter, um, as the game should as a game of this magnitude should be. Um, but it was really that defense because I mean, Patty Mahomes did what Patty Mahomes does, regardless of a high ankle sprain or not, or it, it doesn't matter. Like he did what he was supposed to do, but the real outstanding part for Kansas city was the defense for sure. hundred percent. I mean, you hold that Bengals offense who just put up 31 on the bills in a snow, you know, 20 points, 20 points. That's, that's very low. And if I'm here, if I'm here, if I'm here, yeah, I mean, nine penalties for 71 yards is going to cost you a lot, right? And five sacks, losing 32 yards is going to cost you three, a lot. I didn't and, know. Go ahead. No, sorry. And three of them were in the first quarter. You got to remember that. So that was it. it the the crowd, it the, like it was, yeah, it set a tone. It he, set they a got tone. a delay a game in the first quarter because he couldn't hear the play. He kept, you know, telling, yo, I can't, I can't hear the play. It was, it, it set a tone for sure, like you said. And Chris Jones, I didn't know he didn't have a postseason sack up until this point. So, like, you know, for a player like him who's uber hungry to get back to the Super Bowl and we know his competitive nature, he he's looked at maybe as a nasty guy because he just plays with that fierce edge. Um, I respect the fuck out of his game. You know, like, Chris, Chris Jones comes and brings it every day. He's not somebody that just complains. He's been, like, the, the guy on that defense. Obviously, you guys had Justin Houston – um, toward his later years, but ever since Chris Jones came into his own, he's just been the guy on that defense that like, all right, we have to game plan Chris Jones. And he hasn't able to wreak havoc in the sense of sacks in the postseason, but for him to, you know, up the game and and now he's getting sacks. Like, listen, Joe Burrow threw two interceptions and less than 300 yards. You would have told me that. I would have told you, yeah, put your money on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs because what did yeah. I say? I said, Joe Burrow can quite possibly go for 330 and three touchdowns. And on the other side, you got Patrick Mahomes, who goes for 326 and two touchdowns, right? And obviously it wasn't a it wasn't a, a, a beautiful performance from him by any means, but 
being being as though they only ran for 42 yards as a team and Patrick Mahomes didn't have nothing but three uh but eight rushing yards you know that bum ankle wasn't helping him it, 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 biggest eight rushing yards of his life to get that fucking roughing, right <laughs> not yeah. roughing the passer but uh yeah. for some like conduct or whatever yeah, and, and a lot of people said it was like, oh, why'd you call that? Why'd you call that? I think that call has been accurate all year. And if that call hasn't been accurate all year, that is the correct call in that position. I mean, he Absolutely. steps out of bounds, one, two feet. There's a push. Um, how do you feel about the teammate? Uh, I think it was Jermaine, Jer- Jermaine Pratt, linebacker yeah. Pratt, because the guy who who hit Mahomes, uh, it was Asai. I forget his name, but mm-hmm. Asai. Asai. Um, I think Joseph, you, did, Joseph I think, Asai, I think. Did you see the video clip that came out? Yeah, walking into the that? locker room. Um, it's kind of corny. I guess I kind of understand it at the same time. Like I can understand the heat of the moment, um, but at the same time, I feel like it's kind of whack to like, like that's your brother at the end of the day, man. Like win or lose, you know what I'm saying? Like I've said this to you before. Like we could be out in public, some go down. Whether you're right or wrong, we'll figure that shit out later. You know what right. I'm saying? But. Like, I'm going to stand by you regardless. And I feel like in that moment, especially when you know you're a professional athlete and cameras are watching at all times in these moments, you know, you you, you got to do a little better and stand by your teammate uh, a little better, you know? Yeah, but I when think those, it's... When those doors close in the locker room, it's a different story, but, like... And again, I mean, you got cameras in the locker room as well, you know? So, like, at the end true. of the day, what's going to come out is going to come out. And I respect your stance on that and how you feel because, yeah, it, it is kind of corny and, and he... I'll go with he could have been better and handled that better. He could have. But guess what? We're human and they're human, right? And this is Absolutely. the thing that they try to explain to us and we have to understand as as regular civilians. We're human. We're all human. We're civilians. They're multimillionaire professional athletes. And the only difference is that they're putting on pads and representing a city and <laughs> they can make costly mistakes like that, which can in turn get them cut or have their teammate yelling at them and 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 bitching about it and guess what jermaine pratt has all the right in the world to feel that type of way about it because did that necessarily cost them the game no because the game was the game was an hour long right it's not like that play was the determining factor of the game there were many plays that the chiefs could have made there were two interceptions by joe burrow that he wants to have back you know what i mean there were sacks that the offensive line shouldn't have gave up but it unfortunately, when crunch time is on, and the and the lights are shining the brightest, and everybody's zoned in, you got to be able to make that play or don't make that play. And guess what? It was a bonehead play. It's not something that you can defend and say like, well, I mean, you could see there's no ex- there's no exception to that play. You don't make that play. And I can totally understand why somebody who put his heart and soul and blood, sweat, and tears into this Mm -hmm. entire season. And then the frustration on top of that, where he's like, this is my last year. He don't even, he's probably a free agent next year. He don't even know if he's coming back. This was my chance. This was my chance. And I'm not saying you fucked it up, but why'd you have to do that? You don't, you, you know better. And guess what? I know that I'm the type that I'm expressive. I know that, um, I don't, I don't do things. I don't call people out to embarrass anybody. You know, I'm not that type of person, but have I called people out in front of other people? I have. I feel like Mm -hmm. sometimes the moment is just bigger than, than whatever's going on. And whether it's justified or right or wrong, I don't think that he's the bad guy for that. 
Because no, guess what? A mistake not. was made, and the season really ended off of it. And you got a raw, emotional guy who's talking to his brother. I mean, brothers, brothers don't just kiss all day. They don't just, yo, yeah. good shit, bro, good shit, all, all awesome. No, you'll you see them up and down. If that was in the third quarter, he would have said the same thing on the sideline. Yo, what are you doing? You don't do that, bro. What are you... You, you serious, facts. bro? The fuck That's is the problem? Facts. You just ended the season. This was seven minutes ago. You know what I'm saying? This shit just happened four minutes ago. Like, can't blame fresh. a guy. That's the last, can't can't that's blame the last a guy for feeling that way. So, no, absolutely. Um, shout absolutely. out to Jermaine Pratt. Shout out to the Bengals, man. They made it here again. Back-to-back AFC championships. Joe Burrow, you know, he didn't play his best game. He played far from his best game, but he also still had a good game. And, you know, they delivered at times. They didn't make all the plays they could have. There were some things that they wish they could have done otherwise. But guess what? Patrick Mahomes is back in the Super Bowl. He's got a one-and-one record. Yes, sir. One and one record. This will be his third. Now, let's kind of talk about the, the Super Bowl. Not We're not going to do a preview. We're not going to, you know, give our thoughts as far as who we think might win or lose. But just kind of on a grand scheme of things, if Patrick Mahomes does happen to lose this game, how does this affect his legacy? Because we're hearing a lot of he's the next best ever. Some people want to say he's the best ever right now, which is extremely crazy if you ask me. Next next in line, the best ever. Cool. I, I can agree. Um, best quarterback we've seen in how long? Okay, awesome. If Patrick Mahomes loses this, court, this, this Super Bowl, I mean, we're not going to use the excuse that the Eagles were the more complete team or anything like that, right? Rhetorical. It, it's more so... What do we? What's the narrative? Is what I want to know because one and two, I get it. You got here in the league in 2017. You made three Super Bowls since. You got a ring. They can't take it away from you. But one Super and two Bowl in MVP the Super Bowl. and MVP. Sorry, I had to make sure that was. And he'll get another MVP this year as well. <laughs> um, the... You got to win that Super Bowl, bro. You have to. You have to. This Patrick Mahomes is in on a on a trajectory right now where you remember when, when they used to ask Tom Brady, what, which one, his, uh, which one of his rings was his favorite. And he would always say the next one, you know, nice. like it, it's, it's his biggest game of his career at this point is always the next one at this point. And yesterday was a, the biggest game of his career. And honestly, I'm going to say bigger than the Super Bowl that he already won in my opinion, because of what you just referenced, the legacy aspect of it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. being able to get over the hump that was since and honestly still is because they're a contender they're they're good they're not going in a way anytime and i soon. do want to acknowledge that because i i was going hard on them as far as cincinnati's got their number if they beat them four times you know what i'm saying that, 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 that. so congratulations to the chiefs and patrick mahomes for doing something that not a lot of people thought there was obviously a big crowd of people that thought but the majority of people if you ask me probably thought the Bengals would win this game um and to to go three straight losses with a playoff loss in there, it's tough. And and you come out and and with a bummed ankle and no excuses. Patrick Mahomes got no excuses, man. And and you got to show the respect when it's due. It's and it, it just really I love the precision of the coaching um, because I mean if if you just look at it, if you watch the game and if you look at it, it was a very close game as we as the scoreboard will say. Um, 
And it was literally, and we've seen this, it's kind of a theme, like an underlying theme that Kansas City does where we play some good teams and we play some close games and those teams are good, but we just need to be a little bit better. Like we're always going to be prepared, but we need to be a little bit better. Um, I mean, this game said it all. Uh, I can go to the rushing yards was something that we definitely needed help on. Uh, but I mean, having, they had more drives than us. They had one more drive than us, but guess what? We averaged half a yard more per play. You know what I mean? Um, we had three more plays than them. You know what I mean? Like no, no interceptions thrown, two interceptions thrown penalties. We're going to take four for 55 yards. You're going to take nine for 71. Like it's, we're going to be a little bit better and and we're going to execute a little bit better. You know what I mean? We're humble. We know you're good, but we're, we're, we're who we are. I respect the fuck out of it, man. Those Chiefs, like, as much as people, you know, because you guys are a team right now that this is the villains of the league, if you will. A lot of haters. A lot of people (laughs) dislike uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey just because of how good they are. You know what I mean? And that's how it works. That's 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 definitely how it works when you're when you're a great. But at the same time. Ain't nothing to hate about these boys, man. These boys come in, do their job. And every single week, I don't understand how Travis Kelsey scores in every single game he's fucking played. Like, you would think on third down, you would think on blank and goal, you would think on biggest opportunity of the game. Like, listen, if this guy's got to be wide open for a half more second, like, we have to focus our attention on Travis Kelsey. Like, the I want to put $400 on anytime touchdown Travis Kelsey for Super Bowl. Because it's just like, Betting against that is crazy to me, you know? It's crazy to me. Uh, the other big standout, uh, MVS, Marquise Valdez-Scantling. S- six catches, 116 yards, eight targets, like 20 yards, damn near 20 yards a catch, like in a conference championship game. Come on, man. When a lot of people, you know, he was coming over to KC and they're like, what is he going to do in KC? Like, how are they going to use him? And he, he got put to work as soon as he touched down. So shout out to that yeah. boy. And guess what? You know a lot of a lot of this game was hung on exterior motivation. Whether it was uh whether it was the mayor of Cincinnati asking <laughs> Joe Burrow, excuse me, Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow to take a paternity test to make sure that Patrick Mahomes was his kid or not? Uh, that was wild. Na- naming January, what was it, twenty eighth or so? The day the they got to play us day, like that's that's a little excessive <laughs> as mayor. But Travis Kelsey had some words for him after the game, and I want to share that with the listeners. Hey, mayor, know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. <laughs> and I think that's great. Like, first of all, it's like the most disrespectful thing you can say in the most PG way you can say it. Because if everybody knows The Rock, like, The Rock was the most disrespectful wrestler. Like, he was trying to punk you out and make you look less of who you were. Um, But at the same time, you know, he cursed here and there, obviously. It was the WWF. But it was was TV, right? It was TV. It was just, like, it's funny. Um, I think Travis Kelsey was waiting for this moment. Like, I can't wait till I get the interview. Jim Nance is going to come on the field and ask me about this. And I'm going to just Knock this impersonation out the park. Out yeah, the park. he mentioned it on their uh, 
their new heights uh podcast him and his brother um, oh it's a great podcast by the way yeah yeah he was they were they were talking about how uh uh they were calling it burrowhead and it just really i mentioned this to you last night it really felt like a clay thompson when clay thompson was upset at the grizzlies for talking shit he was like man those me? fucking dumbasses like, like what have you guys people. won <laughs> what have you won That's, and yeah and essentially if you guys do win this game coming up in two weeks versus the eagles you can't look at the 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 Bengals as the the superior. Like you can't. You I understand yeah. they won last year, but they didn't even win the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes has gotten to the Super Bowl. This will be now his third time. And if he wins this and beat Joe Burrow in the championship game before that, I mean it's his world and we're just living in it, which it has been, but we've been seeing some switchy. We've been seeing, you know, Joe Burrow has has really, really come into himself as a quarterback, right? And we have to put the respect on his name. It did feel a little weird these last few weeks where we were kind of questioning, is Joe Burrow better than Patrick Mahomes? And that question remains still to be, you know, like quite possibly can be. But if Patrick Mahomes win this game, this Super Bowl, wins his second ring in, what, four years? I'm not questioning it. I'm not questioning it at all. It's Patrick Mahomes' league. And you you referenced a couple times it could be four Super Bowls in five years if it wasn't for that false uh, false start. Uh, uh, yeah. um, hey, real quick <laughs> on the uh, on the other side of the ball, man, uh, really was liking what Trent McDuffie was doing. Um, his eyes were all over the field. Probably two of the biggest pass deflections that. <laughs> that we've ever had and of the season that he had uh, in that game yesterday. Uh, and that man, George Karloftis, one tackle, it was a sack. It was probably one of the, oh, excuse me, wildest experiences and moments of his life to get that, you know, to get that, uh, Yeah, I, I want to say almost game clinch. I mean, I, know, I, think, I think it was like in the third quarter, so I want to say game clinching, but it was a big moment. It was a big moment. So that, like I said, that defense was uh, – yeah, I mean, obviously yeah, something we didn't even talk about it, it, the sad fact that if Joe Mixon runs for 50 yards, the Bengals probably win this game. Like, 19 yards on eight attempts, 22 yards on five attempts for Pirine, Joe Burrow being the leading rusher. This is the Josh Allen. This is what, what I was just saying a couple weeks ago, if not last week, where the Bills can't have their quarterback be their running back and their passer. Mm-hmm. That's not going to win you a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Whether you're playing the weak Chiefs defense, quote unquote weak, because they did hold them to twenty and they had five sacks, you got to give them credit there. But you know the land, the landscape of the league. It, it, you look at them and they're like one of the um, weaker defenses, I should say. And it's more so their back than their front. They're they're pretty good up front. But you know, if you would have told me coming into this week, Joe Burrow was going to run for thirty yards and be the leading rusher for this team. Yeah, you, you. What do you expect? What do you expect? And yeah. I think eight carries is not enough. Like I understand you want to throw the ball, but you have to establish some sort of run game in the postseason, and you have to establish some sort of dominance on the front. And if you don't got it that night, then guess what? I mean, that might be the end of your season, and it was for Cincinnati. So it's unfortunate, right? Yeah. Yeah. We got a good Super Bowl ahead of us, though, man. I'm super excited. I'm super excited for Philadelphia. You know, the streets of Philly was going crazy. Um, Kansas City Chiefs 
I feel like they're on some, you know, act like you've been here before. You know what I'm saying? Like, this <laughs> ain't new to us. But they still have the excitement, and their fans are awesome. So it's two great fan bases. One is just like, uh, I feel like if you go to KC as a visitor, um, you're not going to get, like, you'll get heckled, like, fanship. But it's not going to be the Philadelphia, like, we're going to jump <laughs> in the parking lot. I did see a 49ers fan that was looking pretty bad in Philly last night. Um and hey, I mean, uh, go to uh, Philly wearing the wrong colors at your own risk. I'll just say that. Having family yeah, yeah. in Philly and and you know, understanding the Northeast region, I'll say that. But the Chiefs is like, yeah, like, come on, fuck you. Let's go. Let's go party. Yeah, Let's grab a beer after the game. You, you know, beer, like, you bastard. Yeah, like, I'll buy you a beer, you <laughs> sorry, fuck. And, and so I, I resp- I really re- and not to say I don't respect. Philly, I love Philadelphia Eagles fans because I, I don't like Philadelphia Sixers fans more so because my basketball team has a quote-unquote rivalry-ish with them and, you know, we're a little too close for comfort when we play each other. But my, my football team has nothing to do with the Eagles and I'm 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 always rep PA whenever I get a chance. Like, it's, it's, it's in my blood. So I, I got to respect the Eagles fans for as rowdy as they get and, and, and you know, as tough as they are on, on their, on their own players. But when they, when they ride with you, they're going to die with you. And Jalen hurts is, is something we got to talk about a little bit more before we get out of here, because he didn't, like I say, he didn't have the greatest performance, but they played the best defense in the league and they won 31 seven. That's, that's kind of all that needs to be said with that. But, what he's going to be able to do with this RPO and with this Chiefs defense and the the best offensive line in the league, man, Jalen Hurts is going to be able to be a Super Bowl MVP this year. Best. This year, and this is his second year starting. Last year, he lost to Brady in the Super in the playoffs. You know, his only playoff loss is to Brady. And then, if he loses in the Super Bowl, it would be Patrick Mahomes his only other playoff loss, which is a good mm. resume to have as far as Brady Burrow, like uh, Mahomes yeah. has, you know, Mahomes and Brady. It, like, but I think the Eagles go, and when this guy, I don't want to talk too much on it, I do think we might see mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts with that with that, mm. MVP, with that MVP trophy over mm. his head. Um, and I'm, I'm super excited to see what's to come February 12th. Um, let's kind of switch things up, switch gears here before we get out of here. I don't want to go too, too long. Basketball, LeBron James is still on a tear, scoring 48, scoring this, scoring that. He's on pace to break the record probably in the next, like, six games or so um, for all-time scoring leader. Uh, KD was asked about how he felt about LeBron, you know, kind of alluding to the fact that he's a pass-first guy. And KD was like, yo, I never I never went for that. Like, LeBron knows how to score, and he can score, and he, and he, he gets to his spots, you know. And it wasn't on some hate and shit. It was just on some, like – Pass first yeah. is a, cra- a little crazy. You feel me? Like pass first is a little crazy. He's always been a scorer, um, and and I can see both sides to that. But I do understand in the grand scheme of things, LeBron James is definitely the guy that always wants to get his teammates involved, and he had to do that over his career. He's had to kick it out to the corner because they were crowding the paint, and Booby Gibson needed to hit that three. Mo Williams needed to hit those threes. Ray Allen had to hit those threes. Mike Miller had to hit those threes. Chris Bosh had to hit those threes, right? Because they're going to crash. They're going to crash. And now that he can hit that mid-range fadeaway, turnaround jumper, uh, jumping off one leg fade, he's got the 
stare down three. You know what I'm saying? Like the bag has just mm-hmm. grown over the last seven years, six years since probably he left Miami and got back to Cleveland. Like he's just been he's just been on a tear. So I mean, what can't LeBron James do? Honestly, is more so the question, and the answer is nothing. But um, it's it's an ode to a 20 year career that he's had where he's been a premier role model stayed out of trouble and and really played the game the right way respected it and and has gotten a lot of blessings from it um i'm super excited to watch him hopefully Same. at home break the record right kareem's record in la like that's that's got to be a huge night um i wonder what tickets are going for the cheapest ticket let's do it uh cheapest ticket what do you got for that game um <clears throat> if it's a home game I think I read that projections have him breaking it in like Milwaukee or something like that. Um, wait, wait, wait. But, but if uh, but if in Milwaukee he's four points away and they just bench him, you know, he gets it in you LA. Know, you know, they what's can the do next that. game? At, what's the next game after Milwaukee? Uh, I'll tell you right now. One second. <clears throat> Lakers actually lost to uh, the Nets tonight. They were, I don't think Braun played tonight, so it kind of set him back one more day. Uh, one more game, I should say. They lost one hundred four to one twenty one. But on their schedule coming up, <clears throat> they got the Knicks. Oh yeah, they got the Knicks tomorrow. And then, <clears throat> yo, excuse me, I have a little. You're good. You're good. <clears throat> Try not to cough. They got the here. Knicks. They got the Knicks tomorrow. Uh, then they're in Indiana, New Orleans. They go home to get t- to get the Thunder. Oh no, nah, the the Bucks game is in LA. I'm tripping. That they were uh, referencing. That would be the the. It would either be that game or the Pelicans game in LA, the second Pelicans game, because <clears throat> I don't think he does it for the Thunder's game. I think those next three games is a little too soon. Um, yeah, Bucks. He'd probably have to go off for close to fifty to get at that game, and then he's in Golden State, in Portland, and then they go back to LA. He's probably gonna break the record on the road. Like he's probably gonna do. Golden State, Portland. I'm not sure exactly how many points he needs. I think it's in the 150 area. I'll go with like 150 okay. area. So you figure he's not going to score 50 points in the next three games each. So um, it'll take a good maybe five, 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 six games. Um, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. So like he can either, it, it'll probably be on the road. It'll probably be on the road. But shout out to Bron, man. Shout out to Bron. Shout out to Luka Doncic tonight. Beating the Pistons 111-105, putting up 53 Facts. points, being disrespectful to the assistant coaches over there in Detroit, talking down on them. Um, <laughs> Kings Kings finding another way to win the ball game in overtime. You know what I'm saying? 118-111. DeMontis Sabonis has just been an extreme help. De'Aaron Fox put up 32 points versus Anthony Edwards, 33. Kyle Kuzma shot a three from the corner, tried to do the turnaround. Steph Curry and missed it with the Wizards game. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. In, I got to watch. I got to find that. I haven't seen that. I got to find that. That was a good one. That's but they played bad. the Spurs, luckily. So, um, yo, I was on a, I was on the spaces last night at home. He was like, yo, money line. Did he say Wizards or did he say Spurs? Yo, I think he said Moneyline Spurs. And I'm like, yo, I'll never bet mm. Moneyline Spurs, first of all. I'm like, team sucks. Two, I don't even care if they're playing the Wizards. That's crazy. Um, good thing my money is safe with me. I didn't bet it. I didn't insert it into, into any FanDuel account or anything like that. My money is safe and sound. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 
across the landscape of the league right now, if we want to talk about the NBA, can I get some standings? Give me one standings. second. Yeah, there ain't they ain't sittings. But uh, right now, you know, Boston's, <laughs> Boston's still in first, two and a half games up on Milwaukee. Philadelphia is three games out of first, uh, half game out of second. And Brooklyn, bro, listen, Kyrie Irving over the last five, six games that Kevin Durant has been out with this injury has been putting up 31. He's been putting mm-hmm. up uh, 40, 33. What did he drop tonight? <clears throat> Let me go in and get that uh, Kyrie box score for you, Bumba Clot. For your head top, Kyrie. Where you at, Kyrie? He he dropped a smooth twenty six, smooth twenty six, six nice. and seven, twenty six, six and seven. Right, very nice point guard shit, and that's on a calm blowout win versus the Lakers without LeBron. Cleveland's yeah. in fifth, Miami's in sixth, and you got your playing teams right now. Uh, New York is only a game out of the sixth spot behind Miami at 27 and 24 at the seventh seed. Atlanta's at the eighth seed. Washington's at the ninth seed. Chicago's at the 10th seed. And I wanted to shout out real quick, Benedict Mathurian. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying it exactly right. Uh, Matherin, I think it's more Matherin. Benedict Matherin for the Pacers rookie. I mean, this kid is, I didn't think he was going to come in and, and, ball the way he's been balling but he's been putting up 25 point games like you would have thought he was a top five pick in the draft so shout out to him and Halliburton on the Pacers as well Halliburton is like literally a top three point guard in the league this year and he's like averaging 11 assists a game or something like that it's crazy um but yeah bro I, I uh that was the east let me let me get into the west real quick yeah <clears throat> Denver's still uh top of that right yeah they got two games uh, over Milwaukee for that. Sorry, not Milwaukee. Two games over Memphis for that number one seed. And e, it's not the all-star break yet. We're past the midway point, so I'm surprised. It ain't the all-star break yet. But at 28 and 21, five and a half games out of first place in the West are the Sacramento Kings. And I'll, I'll be <laughs> honest, I, I still don't think it's going to sustain for them to get a home court position in the playoffs. Um, and then I also don't think that uh, they're going to have much playoff success. They'll probably get bounced out in the first round. I don't want to sound like a hater because I, I have to acknowledge they've been playing excellent basketball all season. And and for what they have on their team, for their coaching staff, like you got to give that credit up. However, you got the Clippers below them. You got the Warriors below them. You got uh, – the Mavericks below them. You also got the Pelicans and the Suns below them. It's going to be very tough for them to finish this whole season through April at the three, four seed. You know what I'm saying? It's a little, mm-hmm. it's a little, a little tough. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so yeah, that's that's, that's kind of the NBA where we stand right now, and and uh, it's uh, January 31st. It's 1:15 in the morning. So I appreciate your your diligence here. You know what I'm saying? Tuesday morning things. Um, we out. Uh, yeah, word.